Hello, one and all, welcome to the Backhanders. Here we bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam and we are unafraid to slam said tennis. For this French Open review, I am your host, Lightning, and with me a man who leaves everyone asking, excuse me, what? Catters, Catters, welcome. Lightning, great to be with you. I'm still riding high on the fumes of the devil's dirt lightning because uh, we have witnessed a mediocre at best tournament, but it is behind us. And I see great opportunity lightning. I'm forever the optimist. People at school used to say that, Catters, he is a glass half full kind of guy. But it was definitely my reputation amongst the ladies in high school. And I don't even know where I was going with that lightning, but suffice to say... My entrepreneurial spirit has kicked in and I have seen the light. We have unfurled a great new women's champion Mm. and we have seen the repetition once again of Sir Rafa Nadal dominating on clay. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm not usually one to get involved with the semantics of the results and facts on this podcast, Lightning. I know this sets a dangerous precedent, but I just wanted to say that I can actually foresee going forward, that the backhanders can put the old proverbial legs up on the chair Mm. and run this as a template going forward for future years. Because I can see Rafa winning this for at least another 10 years. I can see the great new Polish prodigy winning this for another 20 years. Mm. So I just kind of want to say, listeners, I hope you're well. I hope you're enduring, insert global (laughs) pandemic here. And that your spirits are high and that you aren't too affected by robot invasion number insert number here. And we wish you all well. And what a crazy American election we just had. Who would have predicted that? (laughs) Exactly. Who would have predicted insert reality star here taking it out? So, Lightning, it's all good going forward. I am seeing the beauty in repetition. Mm. You know, that's what mindfulness is all about, Lightning. It's about taking yourself out to a visual place where you find serenity. And I started looking around on a beach and I looked down and I thought I was actually bleeding. But no, it was the devil's dirt beneath my feet. And I found myself under the roof of the shat. And it was a happy place. For the first time in about a lifetime, approximately, I found peace in the chat. And it feels like Le Groundhog Day, as the locals would refer to it in Paris. And I, for one, am a huge fan of what we're seeing because I don't like change. And I don't like, you know, this tournament. And I don't like recording podcasts about this tournament. So all in all... We have got ourselves a very tidy decade ahead. (laughs) Well, Cutters, in an unpredictable year, we have just seen something highly predictable, and that is one Rafa Nadal taking out his 13th French Open to get to 20 Grand Slams. Unbelievable effort. On the women's side, we saw a 19-year-old Polish woman, Iga Svantec, who took out the final 6-4-6-1 against Sophia Kennan, uh, herself a, a Grand Slam champion. 
I mean, Catters, this was just exceptional stuff. Particularly, Schwantek, we've unearthed a future freak. She's become the second unseeded singles champion in Roland Garros history. She's the youngest women's singles champion since Monica Seles in 92 and the lowest ranked to hoist the cup since rankings were introduced in 1975. I mean, what did you make of her, Catters, and her performance? She's amazing, Lightning. I mean, she is made of the right stuff. And by the right stuff, I mean Schwantek, which is what my hiking jacket is incidentally also made out of. And my yoga pants. Schwantek, it's quite unbelievable. I mean, it's breathability. Did you see her on court? Yes. All-weather performance. All-weather performance. Durable, tough as nails, flexible. So I just think stocks in Schwantek as a fabric is going to go through the roof. But the player herself, we should have seen it coming lightning. As soon as she beat Gore-Tex in the Wimbledon Juniors, I thought, we're on to something here, lightning. I mean, you have to go all the way back to uh, Ida Spandex in the late 70s to find a player as versatile on court. And we can admire her silky skills as we continue on with this podcast and we'll review the match against Sophia Kennan and all the matches that we've appreciated throughout this tournament. And let's do so in our first segment, Catters. Come on. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. So, Catters, we have just seen a French Open. We've survived a French Open. We've tolerated a French Open. And thankfully, just at the tick before midnight, something of interest arrived and it came in the form of a Schwantek, uh, someone who was made in Poland, much like the fleece that she dons. Catters, Schwantek is a phenomenon. We're going to be speaking about this woman for many years to come. And yet it's begun this year, Catters. It's happened now. A woman who is still in school. She is a 19-year-old. In fact, if we go back 12 months, we're talking about someone who made the last 16 in Paris but lost in 45 minutes to Simona Halep. And she claimed in that match just one game. Upon losing, jumped back on a plane, headed back to school, apparently completed six or seven tests, jumped back on a plane, and off she went to Wimbledon. I mean, she is just getting her career going. She's 54 in the world. She is now 17. She arrives at this tournament, faces Simona Halep, and takes her out incredibly. Katas, this is a woman who dropped just 28 games for the entire tournament to become the first player since Justine Hennon to claim the Roland Garros singles title without dropping a single set including never conceding more than five games total in any match to anyone. I mean, what a performance, Gattis. Lightning, it's truly a brilliant story. And, you know, they say that tennis is mainly played above the shoulders, which for Diego Schwartzman usually means his doubles partner or whoever has been saddled with that responsibility quite literally that day. Um, but in the case of Shiontek, she has employed a personal sports psychologist lightning yeah. at the age of 19 think yes. about the perspective she has to realize that physically doesn't matter any chump can swing a racket yes. anyone can lumber around clay for 60 <laughs> minutes and get the job done but it takes 
serious mental firepower to get the edge above your opponent. So the fact that she hired a full-time sports psychologist, took her on the road with her, installed a nice long couch for the change of ends, and just (laughs) getting in touch with her deeper feelings, I think it really changes the trajectory of the sport lightning. Mm -hmm. I think we are going to see a lot of very, very fierce, sharp-minded fatties running around with rackets going forwards because the onus is off the physical and onto the spiritual. (laughs) Yes, it's well said, Catters. And picture what a Nick Curios. Picture what, you know, Zvarev after a lobotomy could pull off if they <laughs> really took seriously what was possible if we shifted that mind around. Absolutely. I still think there's hope for St. Nick. I know that his last run of inkblot tests, he just kept confirming it resembled himself throwing chairs. But I still see their potential for St. Nick. <laughs> And Lightning, where do we draw the line? Because you could imagine players calling for the yoga mat instead of the towel. I mean, (laughs) the problem is, if they're in this zen-like state, I don't want to see my favorite players levitating at the change of ends. I want to see the argy-bargy. I want them to be impacted by heckles from the crowd. I mean, if they're in this... You know, you looked at Svantec and you just got that impression that she was in a Zen state. And it i got to say, Lightning, it psyched me out. It was freaking me out a little bit there, Lightning. (laughs) That's what I noticed was surprising was to see the trainer come on and rather than working on any of her body, just pull out the clock and start dangling it in front of her, (laughs) lulling her back into that Zen state and then pushing her back onto court. I mean, Catters, maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised that Laura Zygmunt made it through to the Mm. the quarters. Mm, Indeed. I kept saying she didn't belong there. I kept saying she's a fraud, but I think I was actually just (laughs) mispronouncing it all along. (laughs) Lightning, I'm sorry. I know I kind of hijacked your Sviontek excited, but uh, my excited, however, is tennis history. Mm. I'm excited about the fact that Rafa Nadal has won 13 of these freaking trophies. Mm. And knowing the French Federation's form, his name will have been spelt right at least five times on that trophy. (laughs) And it's got me excited, Lightning. I don't think people quite understand how big of a deal it is to win 13. Mm. Admittedly, I'm on a 14-0 run of nailing the weekend Sudoku in the Sunday (laughs) newspaper. But Lightning, this is just immense. And tennis is boring if you're not feeling like you're witnessing history. Mm. I mean, we saw historically one of the worst US Open finals, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> I prefer thinking about legacy lightning. I mean, yes. who remember Leighton Hewitt? Leighton Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible pun, but you get what I'm trying to say here. Um, Andy, Andy... It, I was genuinely struggling for that. Andy Roddick. He won a couple of titles. No one remembers. I mean, was he the lead singer of Limp Biscuit? I can't even remember. So there are a lot of chumps that this sport has thrown up over the years. But suffice to say that in 10 years' time, we're only going to remember the big three. Correct. And that is Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Nick Kyrgios. Because by then, he'll at least be in double figures of Grand Slam victories. <laughs> So I'm curious what you think, Lightning. I'm throwing it out there. I'm consultative, Lightning. The new Zen Catters wants your opinion for a change. How do you feel about Rafa's legacy? Oh, Catters, I am stoked to just be in collaboration. I will be cutting this out. I just need to, for full disclosure. (laughs) 
Reminds me of when we used to play doubles together, cutters, and no matter what side of the court it was on, you just go scurrying over to take it from me. So, <laughs> once a puppet master, always a puppet master. <laughs> cutters, for me, the whole thing was so impressive because this was the one he was not supposed to win. Mm. So, yeah, it, formality, yes, but cutters context. I mean, this is. This is a Djokovic who's rocking up to win his 18th Grand Slam and get within spitting distance of both Rafa and Fed. Particularly dangerous following his positive COVID test. <laughs> exactly. But Katas, this was going to make Djokovic the first man in history to win all four slams twice. Mm. Djokovic had won 14 of the last 18 matches against Nadal. And the conditions suited him more than Rafa. So in their 56th meeting together, I mean, how's that for a number? Djokovic walks onto court, confident he's going to take him out, but instead he comes up against the greatest player on clay since Patrick Swayze in Ghost in that pottery scene uh, when he came from behind and just... Owned that clay. I thought it was a really nice touch when they had Demi Moore present the trophy with <laughs> Rafa putting his arms around her, reaching into the trophy. It was just, it was beautiful. And to fly Whoopi Goldberg in was unnecessary, but a nice touch. Well, Lightning, the thing is, though, people have such short-term memories. Mm. It's a great record, 13, don't get me wrong. But let's not forget the run of 10 Grand Slam victories at Roland Garros in a row through the 1940s by Poncho Gonzalez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're dead right, Cutters. I mean, we're talking up Rafa as the king of clay, but man, we were pretty pumped when Thomas Muster was the king of clay with his single French Open slam. How quickly we give people these grand titles, not knowing what's coming. The fact that we thought Gustavo Curtin was actually a good tennis player back in the day, just egg on our face right now, Lightning. (laughs) History is fleeting, Cutters, you're dead right. But, I mean, let's get some context. This slam was supposed to be different. Yes, he's won 12 before, but he came into this tournament without a clay title to his credit. He skipped the US hardcourt season because of COVID-19 concerns, and then he bombs out to Disney Diego in Rome. So he has no form coming in. He hasn't been training. You know, he was half fit and played a half human in Schwartzman in that tournament and got done. So here he is rocking into the French, but then he enters it undone, no form, no conditioning, rolls up to find out that it's an indoor tournament and they're using bocce balls on ice. And somehow, with everything stacked against him, I mean, I'm told Fed tried to fly his personal jet over the stadium to create another sonic boom during the tournament just to try and flip him out. I mean, this is everything pointed towards this being one too many for the great man. And yet, Kat, he's pulled it off. It's so true. It's like he's challenging himself by setting the bar higher and higher each time. Like next year, he's going to literally go six months sitting in a hot tub eating (laughs) McDonald's. And then Uncle Tony is going to get a bobcat and lift him onto the shat. He still won't drop a set lightning. (laughs) He'll drop a few Kenny G's trying to chase around the ball on the baseline, but that's about it. 
I mean, are we going to get to the point where Rafa is cryogenically frozen? In his 80s, and then every year, Uncle Tony, you know the drill, just defrosts him in a microwave and wheels him out onto court. It is starting to become like those circus performers that are juggling. (laughs) Or is he going to be the first player to not drop a set of plates in his left hand? I love how Rafa calls a press conference early next year and just says... I have one word for you all. Unicycle. <laughs> I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return yourself also. Okay, you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. Catters, we've just seen what some might describe as a grand slam of tennis. Uh, you and I wouldn't be in that group of people, but nonetheless, we've seen matches. And when you see matches, you can begin taking note of some form. We are in this segment, Fed Up and Poo Down, when we look back and, and look at those who are, are impressing us, those who are becoming the future 20 grand slam winner, and those who are failing to deliver on their potential, like Mark the Scud, filler the poo-poosis. So, Catters, who for you this year is your fed up and your poo down? Lightning, my fed up goes to someone who I've been rallying behind for some time, and I know that she cops a pretty raw deal from the press from time to time, but Jeannie Bouchard, I've never doubted you, and you are my fed up because our friend Jeannie, our friend from the North, our Canadian bush-bashing legend, Jeannie Bouchard, (laughs) took five games off none other than Iga Svantec on her way to the final. Mm. So that is a freaking outstanding effort. You lost Mm. 6-3, 6-2, Jeannie. And for that, I think (laughs) fed up is due. I'm scraping the barrel, Lightning. She (laughs) has not managed to... I'm getting desperate, Lightning. I've got to admit, I'm, I'm... Honestly, I'm having a little bit of a breakdown, to be honest. Full disclosure, I I invested a lot of my savings in Jeannie's new coaching app. And look, it's not quite going as planned. I I need a little bit of help, Lightning. Look, we'll take this off air, but if you can just spot me for... Okay, so Jeannie Bouchard, she qualified her way through and she won a couple of rounds and she's on the up and... I, for one, am excited. Lightning, never one to embrace the old carbs. She was the only one not to get a breadstick from Sviantec on the way to the final. And I think for that, she deserves some credit. No bagels, no breadsticks. That's actually her mantra for 2021. So she's on the up and up. And I don't really have much more to say about her other than the fact that we never doubted you. No. And Lightning, seriously, just $100, $200. Discuss it with your wife. Uh, and Lightning, my poo down, other than my bank statement due to the aforementioned investment, is none other than Carolina Pliskova. Right. Or, dun, 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 her twin sister. Her evil twin? I don't know. I didn't even know she had a sister, Lightning. I genuinely thought that I was seeing the same Pliskova for quite some time. There are two of them. And I can tell you one thing, Lightning, they are equally disappointing. Pliskovas, (laughs) get your sister act together. I don't like this whole parent trap trick you're playing on tour where you're sneaking on and off court, swapping each other. But if you're going to do that trick, when one is playing, get the other one training for goodness sake or improving because this whole scenario is not working out. Caroline Pliskova, who I think is the one with the more champ stamps, 
as we've coined in previous episodes, she was as high as second in the world, Lightning, but no one has told her that a Grand Slam buys you credibility Mm. and a chump tournament in the middle of Arizona buys you nothing more than frequent flyer miles. So Carolina (laughs) Pliskova, make a freaking effort to peak. If anyone needs a psychological coach, send in the Boris. Dust off the white lab coat, send in Boris, and just improve for next year. That's an argument well made, Cutters. It's probably fair to say the Williams sisters have it over them when compared. (laughs) Mate, the Olsen sisters would be better baseliners than what I'm seeing these girls dish up lately. Too true, too true. Cutters, for me, we don't have to go any further than my own backyard, and that is because Ash Barty Mm. is my fed up, yes, my heart beats true for the brown lands of Australia. And the reason Ash Barty, I'm talking her up, even though she didn't feature at the French Open, Catters, it is because despite her taking leave, despite her being seen at a footy match recently, sculling a beer, she will finish the year ranked number one. So you just got to love when the world's number one tennis player can just dial it in. I mean, here we are working from home in this COVID experience. She's just gone a step further and just not only not rocked up, she's like a queen ordering the lower ranked peasants to just fight it out for the scraps, all the while keeping dominion of the tennis world. So loving life cutters to see Ash Barty finishing the world as the number one. How's that? Brilliant planning. Just the very thought of her dialing in via Zoom to Oktoberfest for the last 14 days. I mean, she could have feigned some interest towards the tournament that she was the defending champion of. But no, no, she's got bigger fish to fry. I believe in the beer bong tournament, she's also ranked number one. So she holds dual number one rankings at the moment. Particularly impressive. A bit of a shout-out to Cutters to Diego Schwartzman, a man we featured last week, because he was really the only person that put any dent in Nadal. He got to the semis, put up a really good fight, pushed him to a tiebreaker, and for me, he just seemed the man most likely to take out Nadal. Mm. And uh, for me, the fact that it was winter, the fact that, as we talked about last episode, Cutters, we were basically playing in ice. For me, I just thought maybe... Diego Disney on ice was going to be the show that we were there to see, but it wasn't to happen. So, But, you know, a shout out to the little man. It was a longer run up than his approach to the tournament, but it was well worth it. <laughs> it's little legs, Cutters. Needs a long runway. <laughs> Cutters, my poo down is uh, professional tennis players. For me, we paused in the middle of the French Open and did our review and noted on the women's side... Of the 32 seeds, the 32 best players, best available players in the world, let's not stretch it too far, Cutters, only four managed to make it into the second week. And look, the men's side wasn't all that better, Cutters. For me, the tournament just showed that these players coming straight off a harder, firmer, more respectable court in the US Open and then trying to transfer to the slutty, slimy, grey sludge that is the... uh, I think I just started with slutty, which I probably should. <laughs> that Philippe Chatrier is such a whore. <laughs> the sludgy, ice-covered sludge that is the sludgy sludge sludge of the sludge <laughs> shat. 
Uh, I don't think I could say it more aptly, Catters, that they were unable to move from one surface to the other, unable to move, unable to, to show that the required flexibility, skills, the, those kind of things you rely on as professional tennis players, just unable to adapt. How hard is it? I mean, I managed to conquer my Sudoku both in the kitchen, in the lounge room, <laughs> in my bedroom on occasions when I'm particularly aroused by my own performance. It doesn't matter. And so these guys should be able to conquer all surfaces. The problem is, Lightning, you've gone from an extreme lockdown bubble experience in New York. Yes. And... We know that players are best when they're focused, when they have nothing outside of the sport of tennis. The problem is they have gone from a bubble situation, a cocoon, into mm. the cultural capital of the world. Now, mm. that's not a pretty scenario for us sports-loving fans. I don't care if Pliskova suddenly learned how to bake in a local <laughs> French cafe. That doesn't benefit me, and it certainly doesn't benefit her performance on the devil's dirt. I don't care if Jeannie Bouchard learned how to read in one of the beautiful libraries in Paris. I don't care. And so this is a problem, Lightning. We are best when these competitors have been kept in cages since childbirth, both metaphorically and in the case of certain Eastern European nations literally and that benefits the sport lightning if it ain't broke don't fix it i mean if we had literacy and education would we have boris becker no would we have john McEnroe? no would we have had a rancher sanchez vicario i don't know i can't even remember what she looks like lightning but my point is there's a reason for that guys. <laughs> okay <laughs> Well-rounded individuals don't win trophies, Lightning. Oh, well said, Cutters. And I got tired of players getting to the change of ends and pulling out a canvas and just working away <laughs> at their next piece. So I urge you, players, get back to tour life. Do not be seduced by this world of literacy and facts. <laughs> Education and <laughs> education and art. See ball, hit ball, take money, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's hard to argue with that, Catters. Catters, we finished our fed up and poo down. Except for the recently introduced segment, the Sasha Shame segment. Catters, oh. is there anything worth reflecting on for this segment? Catters, for me, I can't help but cast my mind back through this tournament to. Remember a man who lost in four sets to Italian Yannick Sinner and then fronted up to the presser wearing a face mask, which had people a little bit suspicious, something's not right here, only to confess that he had played the match feeling sick with a fever with breathing difficulties. So yes, he did later test negative for the COVID virus, but of course, he having not consulted with doctors, he was experiencing COVID-19 symptoms and played the freaking match mid-pandemic. Catters, he then released a statement saying, I was dancing topless at a crowded bar with Benoit Pair when I started feeling a little ill. <laughs> you know, like, I, surprising he didn't join the dots, Catters, mid-pandemic. What do you make of Zvarev this year, Catters? Well, it is such a shame, Lightning, because I timed my rant badly because when I say players don't worry about education, there's a certain base <laughs> level. 
She go out of the court on a chair and, and now she's in the locker, perfect in the restaurant. So I, I don't like these things, I'm sorry. I don't think she did a, a good attitude on court. I didn't like that. So a good job for her. If you want to do like that, it's a good job. But I, I'm bad because was hurting me and make me angry. So well done for her. Cutter's Mixed Troubles, a segment where we often look at the issues, the infighting of players both on and off the court. Well, this time, Cutter's, for me, it's some issues brewing on court, particularly with some techniques slipping into some players' tactics. Sophia Cannon and Novak Djokovic have both been criticised for taking strategic timeouts. Buster move after his defeat at the hands of Novak Djokovic noted that at significant points in the match when Buster Move had the upper hand, Djokovic would kind of start just, you know, rubbing the shoulder a little bit and on would come the trainer or out he would go for an extended medical break. So it's starting to be hypothesized, Kat, is that this is becoming overly used by players. Very keen to hear your thoughts on the matter. Well, first of all, I don't think you can put any weight in Buster Move's critique of Djokovic. He was clearly just pissed that he didn't get another free victory over him. So (laughs) he actually was going to have to earn a victory. Heaven forbid, Buster. But in the case of the medical timeout that we've seen from him and also the bathroom break often taken by Kennan, it is an alarming trend lightning. Mm, I don't like mm. where this is going at all. When the heat is on, you don't go to the dunny. It creates a very bad example for the children, Lightning. And if there's one thing that the backhanders is thinking of, it's the children. It's Mm. that lucrative, disposable income of the next generation of backhanders, (laughs) listeners, Lightning. And I would hate to see that thwarted by these mentally fragile sports stars. You don't get... A politician during question time suddenly, oh, pulling a shoulder muscle and buying some time with a two-minute timeout while a Swedish masseuse brings out the bench for them. You don't get a surgeon saying, oh, sorry, I would love to tie up that last artery, but I need to take a dump. It doesn't work like that in real life. There are consequences. And the only thing, Lightning, I could see as a potential caveat is if we could introduce some form of players being able to take a drinks break mid-match. So breaking the momentum of their opponent, but a la Ash Barty have to scull the beer or your particular national drink. So in the case of Sviontek, it's a shot of vodka. In the case of Sasha Shame, it's a Jaeger bomb. So it's just reinforcing the whole national pride and mixing alcohol with sport, which I've been a huge proponent of for a long time. Think of the children, Lightning. I did see Dan Evans ask for a medicinal cannabis timeout last tournament too. <laughs> the pride of Britain. It was it was good to see. Do you regret not apologising for hitting him with the ball in the third Why would I apologise? Why would I apologise? I want the point. I mean, the dude's got how many slams? How much money in the bank account? I think he can take a ball to the chest, bro. Cutters, it is time to sign off in this year's 2020 French Open. And briefly, to look back on how our predictions went, we, of course, saw Rafael Nadal take out a 13th Roland Garros title. Cutters, the man has now won 100 times at Roland Garros and only lost twice in his career unbelievable and he now is on 20 slams tied with the great roger federer 
Of course, it leaves Novak Djokovic on 17 slams. Yeah, bringing up the rear. Cutters, how did you go in terms of your predictions this year? Lightning, it was a pleasure to witness the King of Clay, but also a pleasure to be the Prince of Predictions because I took out <laughs> the prediction for the men's with a huge gamble, thinking that Rafa could win his 13th title on clay. Quite proud of that. Stuck my neck out and was rewarded accordingly. Unfortunately, on the women's side, I gambled on Halep. And I thought she was a surefire victor. Nah. Did not see Sviontek coming. I don't think anybody saw her coming. So I don't feel too bad about that. Dark Horses, they, they lived up to their names and gave me absolutely nothing. And let's not forget the lame horse prediction, Lightning. Both of yes. us predicted double figures mm. of covid infectees and unfortunately came up short lightning i don't like to see anybody sick but in the case of the predictions i could have done with a few more bedridden superstars and uh again such a shame teasing us dangling yes. dangling the covid carrot right in front of my face <laughs> only to snatch it away along with his good health i wish you a great off season sasha <laughs> How about you, Lightning? Oh, I didn't have a whole lot to write home about. Catters took the gamble on Dominic team, and Margaret Court was not needed. She was waiting in the stands <laughs> for that ethical battle and wasn't required, but Catters here, nothing else to write home about. Similarly, was on the Halep horse, but uh, yeah, she was done by Schwantek. Who could have predicted, as you said, Catters? We now move on. We have quite a bit of space now until we see the Australian Open. It's quite some time before we regather. How are you feeling, Catters, as we move into our off-season? I'm not feeling good, Lightning, because I just checked my calendar and realized that in about six months' time, we are embarking on another French Open, <laughs> as if 2020 has not given me enough to despair at in the coming weeks. So I have that to look forward to on the radar, that we don't even get to see the green grass of Wimbledon before enduring another... <laughs> route on the devil's dirt um, but other than that feeling very good lightning bring it on and just wanted to mention that of course we've got a huge break now and that's not fun for anyone including our extensive research team that will be sitting here idly whilst being paid too much if you ask me lightning i don't know where the danes landed on that minimum wage but it shouldn't apply to uh <laughs> to our junior interns. And Lightning, I haven't actually run this by you, but I had the idea that a way of getting the word out for this podcast could be to introduce some special guests. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was a good idea. And it gets better. It gets much better because unlike... <laughs> Most of my ideas, there's a stage two to this one, Lightning. And so I would like to introduce you to a campaign that you listeners should also get involved in, and that is Grab for Cash, a.k.a. Pat on the Backhanders. And that is getting our friend, your friend, my friend, and countryman, none other than Wimbledon champion Pat Cash, on the backhanders. We want Patty mm. to join us for a special interview over the off-season where we can just get his insights into why he won some slams, but not as many as a real champion. We want to just <laughs> hear what it was like to do that 
I'm Going Out commercial in the early 90s that featured on Australian free-to-air television. We want to hear all about his successes on and off the court, and we think it would be a fantastic special edition episode. So Mm. what we need you to do, listeners, is we are going to launch a campaign, Mm. Grab for Cash, a.k.a. Pat on the Backhanders. Very, very very succinct, perfect for a T-shirt. And we're going to run that online, and we would love for you to hit up none other than Mr. Pat Cash on Instagram and plead with him in a friendly and non-threatening manner to come on the backhanders and to support this podcast. So stay tuned for more details. We need our army of fans to get Pat on the backhanders. And look, this could be a strategic stepping stone to bigger, more high-profile ex-players. But for now, Pat, you are our number one wish for the (laughs) off-season. How could he refuse, Kat, as we look forward to the awaiting campaign? We look forward to you doing something in between slams. That would bring a smile to my face, no doubt. Listeners, it is over to you in this off-season. We would love if you could please jump on iTunes, offer us a review, because that will help other people find this podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you jump on Instagram and Facebook, and whilst on them, jump on the back end as make sure you're on board for all the announcements around this incredible interview that is being teed up as we speak. So listeners from us here at the Backhanders, for those of you combining alcohol and tennis at an elite level, p- please quiet. 